1: please clap it's time for the mike madison show a new breed of conservative talk now here's your host mike madison all right good morning Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB on this holiday week, heading into Thanksgiving tomorrow. I'm going to do something a little bit different on the show today. For that reason, I I, I would say, you know, I don't want to be dark and intense today. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Come on. We'll try to end on a high note today, too. So we're going to talk about something really other than politics and the oligarchs in in just a minute (laughs) when I get done with this first segment. Uh, Stanley Milligren. We've talked about the Milligren experiment before. If you've never looked this up, it's pretty fascinating. If you really wonder, kind of, it, it it really gained some popularity again. This was a study done, I think, back in the 50s or 60s, maybe, that really was, it was an experiment to see how many just regular people would inflict pain on another person if somebody in authority told them to do it. And when you look back at what's taken place during COVID or the people calling for the censorship of others, you know, really some of this what we feel like should be aberrant behavior towards one another. The Milligren experiment kind of explained why. We're just most people are wired that way and I ran across this statistic on it that said psychologist Stanley Milligren found that 80% of the population do not have the the psychological or moral resources to defy an authority's order, no matter how illegitimate the order is. Therefore, only 20% have critical thinking capacity. This explains quite a lot. Uh, And so... I think that number may be changing to a degree, so I want to be hopeful today, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Of course, this does account for why my show might have a sliver of the number of people who listen to regular WGOP radio shows. 80% of the people out there actually want rulers and are willing to think horrible things or do horrible things if those rulers say they are needed. But for this show's purposes, I say thank you to the 20% of you who can understand this show. Apparently, in Argentina, that number is higher now, after years of suffering at the hands of the Argentinian government, which has taken that country from a first world leader in prosperity for its people into an abject place of hyperinflation. And now, after decades of that, the Argentinian people have demanded something different. This is huge. Javier Milet has won the presidency in Argentina. Now, I'm going to temper my excitement a little bit, but to explain to you that there's a couple of different ways to really kind of look at this. Uh, Javier Millet is being called the Trump Uh, of Argentina, and I believe that relates mostly to his... You want to talk about a brash style. If you've not seen any videos, and probably by now most people have seen at least a clip from him, he goes after the leftist and the woke crowd and the globalist some kind of hard. Harder than Trump ever thought about going after him. He is very animated. As a libertarian, he may be kind of on the spectrum, but he is, in my knowledge, the first ever libertarian candidate to win a presidency maybe since the founding of this country. This country is, if you look at libertarian principles and understand the founding fathers were very libertarian, but, of course, Americans saw the success of this small, limited libertarian dream and immediately to start, decided to start voting for big government statist for some reason. But uh, this, is, this is a big thing. It's going to be very interesting Jeffrey Tucker said this. He said, Javier Mille will be thwarted and hounded and throttled at every turn. Expect impeachment immediately. Can he prevail? His success or failure will be a huge indicator of whether the democratic process in any country today offers hope for the survival of civilization against the administrative state. And so we are going to see exactly what he's up there. We're going to find out exactly how entrenched the deep state is. In Argentina, is it similar to the United States here? Uh, we're also going to find out uh, the differences between Javier Mille and Donald Trump. You know, the, the difference between Trump, the style, he's even got crazy hair. So there's a lot of, uh, lot of similarities. But uh, this Javier Mille appears to have some serious core principles. He is really a small, limited government guy who understands economics. This is unlike Donald Trump, who was rolled by the establishment here into hiring the swamp, for God's sakes. So this is going to be interesting. And maybe now I have a place to expat while America burns under the Democrats and the GOP, who are 99% big government statist running this country into the ground. I'm going to... Gonna play a clip from Javier Milei, even though I have to translate it. But just to, if you haven't heard this guy, to get a taste of what he believes, uh, I'll play a clip in just one second. All right, sorry about that. I actually had to pause the recording there. You just have—you have no idea. As many people know, this show is pre-recorded from an undisclosed mobile bunker of my own making. And and this is the second time in the past week or so where suddenly it just happens to have been people blowing leaves very close to my mobile bunker. So obviously, I am against the machine here, the powers that be, the Illuminati. I mean, people don't just start blowing leaves in the middle of the fall like that, right? Am, Am I right? Anyway, I have to lay on the floor. Until the danger has passed and they have moved along, this message will not be stopped. <laughs> anyway, all right. So back to our to our message here. I wanted to play this clip. This is Javier Milei, and again, I have to translate it. I've never heard the guy speak English. He may not be able to. This is the libertarian who has won the presidency of Argentina, and I'm, I'll say this again. I've said it many times. Look, it took the Argentinians about what eight full-on financial crises to finally make some big change uh, at the polling place. Unfortunately, here in the United States, we're only about two big financial crises in uh, within my lifetime. I'd I'd prefer we not wait till we have eight of these things. That'll probably put us out to around 2050. It'd be nice if we would catch a clue a little earlier, quicker than the Argentinias did. But, hey, look, it's where we are right now. Argentina has done it. Here's a clip. This is a... uh, an appearance that Javier Mille made on television or something that was filmed. Anyway, he's got, a, he's got a whiteboard with all of the government departments on it, and they're on little magnetic strips, and he's going to start talking about them as he takes them and hurls them to the floor. He starts off with the Ministry of Sports and Tourism in Argentina. Remember, this is a country that is completely bankrupt, yet much like the United States, they maintain all of these huge governmental departments for just about every aspect of life down there. So he starts with the Ministry of Sports and Tourism.
0: Deporte afuera, Out.
1: Ministerio de Cultura. Ministry of Culture, he says. Afuera, Ministry of of Environment and Sustainable uh, Development. He throws it to the ground. Ministry of Women and Diversity. Ministry of Public Works. (laughs) Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation. Ministry of Labor and and Employment, out. Ministry of Education. He he points to it and says, indoctrination, and then he throws that one to the ground as well. He says, out. Ministry of Transportation, out. Ministry of Health, out. Ministry of Social Development, out. He says the thievery of politics is over. Long live damn liberty. That's who uh, Argentina just voted for. Now, I, I'm going to say this. It's going to anger some people. I've seen some people on the right kind of cheering this, and I just I can't quite wrap my mind around why you don't demand this from Republicans or people who call themselves conservatives. When, when is the last time we eliminated a department? Uh, Donald Trump didn't do it. George Bush didn't do it. George Bush I didn't do it. Ronald Reagan didn't do it. Jimmy Carter started the Department of Education, and the Republicans have been campaigning on getting rid of it ever since. Never done it. But I, I wanted to make this distinction because this guy, I think the right has this impression that Argentina has just elected a Donald Trump down there because of his style. But when it comes to the substance, at least on what he's campaigned on, more about that in just a second, He's really nothing like Donald Trump. See, Trump didn't get rid of the Department of Commerce when he was president. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump put an actual Rothschild banker in charge of the Department of Commerce in Wilbur Ross. Trump didn't get rid of the Department of Education. He gave them the biggest budget they'd ever had and put an oligarch, Betsy DeVos, in charge who did absolutely nothing to dismantle it. But she's good since she's left about complaining about the Department of Education. He didn't get rid of, Donald Trump didn't get rid of the FDA. He put a Pfizer board member there. He didn't get rid of the Department of Defense or curtail them or start pulling troops back from around the world. Instead, he put a Raytheon executive at the Department of Defense and an Eli Lilly. Uh, Donald Trump did not get rid of Health and Human Services. As Javier Mille throws their Ministry of Health to the ground and says it's out, Donald Trump actually with Health and Human Services, appointed a Eli Lilly executive there. So I'm just saying, when it comes to the substance, uh, they are not very similar, only in the style and the wild haircuts. You know, it's also interesting because he's being labeled by the mainstream media as far right. And of course, this is intended as a smear. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not really sure what the right is, even in this country right now. Because most people that I know that call themselves on the right still want taxes, Social Security, a huge military, all kinds of other socialist programs, Medicare, Medicare Part D. So this guy is not, he's not a conservative. He's not a far-right guy. He's a libertarian. A, a Take a government down to its, just strip it for parts is what this guy's campaign campaigned on. Now, maybe he won't be successful. I have no int- idea how entrenched the Argentinian deep state is. I would imagine he will face a lot of resistance by entrenched bureaucrats in Argentina like they are here. But at least the thing that's so encouraging to me is that at least the Argentinian people tried. They tried. Here in the United States right now, what I've seen is we've been defeated, resigned to fight for one of two horrific political parties and still believe that a third-party vote is a wasted vote, just like the the people in charge want us to believe. And this was an absolute rebuke of that system in Argentina where they elected, hands down, probably the most obnoxious person who's ever run for office in Argentina. And And this is like Trump. Trump was a rebuke of the system. That was the beauty of the election of Donald Trump. It's just that the... The philosophies, the political philosophies of Javier Milei and Donald Trump are pretty far apart. Now, I think Milei is actually a fan of Donald Trump in his style and his breaking through the system. And probably he probably took a little bit out of the Trump playbook to win this election. But when it comes to core principles, this guy appears to have it. We'll see. Now, I will not break my cardinal rule here on the Mike Madison show. I do not fall in love with politicians, and I will not fall in love with Javier Milei. I will actually remain very suspicious of him. There's already some things out there. I've seen pictures of him on the World Economic Forum website. Never put past these people that if they see that the people are demanding change, that the people like the World Economic Forum, the oligarchs, the political master class, uh, they, will, they will give you that changemaker, air quotes here in the studio. You know what I mean? So I will remain suspicious of Javier Mille. I will not fall in love with him. I'll wait to see the results. And if he turns into one of them, like 99% of all these political creatures who always promise you hope and change, I'll turn on him in a heartbeat. I owe him absolutely nothing in terms of support or anything like that. I will just admit my hope was misplaced. I'll say he's betrayed what I thought he stood for. I'll say it's sad but not surprising. Because it is the most foolish thing I've ever seen to fall in love with a politician. And even more foolish, unfortunately, to refuse to see when they've betrayed you, and most people simply refuse to even see it because I guess it soothes their own egos. And so it's going to be very interesting. The, the most hopeful part about this is the fact that these people voted for this man, that there were rallies out there for this guy, that Argentinians finally realize, oh, you know what? We can't really pick or choose our freedoms. We actually need to throw it all out. We need to start, we need to do radical, radical change. Here in the United States, what do we think radical change is? Uh, in taking an income tax rate down from 32% to 28.4%. We think that's the radical change we're looking for. And that's not what he's proposing. Uh, Mele has also been shown waving the Israeli flag. Now, I obviously, you know, I have big problems with the Israeli government, not with Jewish people, not with the citizens of Israel, unless they're the settlers. If they're the settlers that are going in and taking Palestinian homes, I actually have a problem with those people, too. Unfortunately, the citizenry of Israel actually gets very involved in the conflict over there, through the settlements. But I don't have a problem with anybody who supports Israel right now and waves an Israeli flag. The question is, is he going to commit troops and federal money to this fight in the Middle East? That would be very disappointing, yet not really that surprising. So we'll see. So this is actually what, what I like to say. It's a very hopeful moment. I really hope the guy's the real deal. I hope he makes a monumental change to Argentina, not only because I'm still looking for somewhere to expat to, But I would love to see the libertarian experiment carried out to some degree in a country somewhere because it would work. And the reason that I know it would work is because the founding fathers here in the United States, they had a libertarian experiment. And it created the greatest nation that has ever existed on planet Earth within a very, very, very short period of time. And as I say, for some reason, the American people took that great experiment, took that rocket ship to prosperity and decided, you know what we need to do? We need to all split up into two parties of a bunch of control freaks and fight viciously between these two parties and give them more and more and more power after every election. It's, it's mystifying to me, but that's what we've done. That's what we've done. That's where we are. In another sign of, you know, as I say, we're heading into Thanksgiving, trying to be an optimistic guy today. Spain is having massive protests right now over what apparently has been a socialist coup in the country. Spain's been kind of tilting towards socialism and some totalitarianism. They did not have a good record uh, when it came to COVID, but apparently there are millions of people. I've seen the footage. I don't really know the details, but I have seen the crowds in the streets. I don't know if anybody's seen them on mainstream media. I don't watch mainstream media, but as I understand it, it has not been covered there. Strange enough, But there have been massive million people uh, protest in the streets. And so this message to me is whether it's Argentina, whether it's Spain, again, Spain maybe have learned some hard lessons by voting for a more socialist government over decades. But the beautiful thing to me, the hopeful message is that people can be attracted to freedom. And here in the United States, if people could ever understand what actual freedom is, instead of just the political class kind of dangling privileges in front of us most of the time. And that's what happens here. Nobody in the GOP or the Democrats for the national uh, elections next year are proposing real freedom for Americans. Vivek Vivek, Vivek may be the closest RFK for medical freedom, even though RFK has just become... Taken some horrific stances on several different issues. I don't know what's uh, people are. Maybe he's compromised by Epstein. I, I don't know. Some of his positions are absolutely horrific for RFK Jr. But they at least have talked a little bit about some real freedoms Vivek and RFK but even donald trump is not proposing freedom for the american people he's propo- he is proposing vengeance by using the government apparatus that they are using against him to retaliate against the people that have come after donald trump but that's not freedom so i just i use this message from argentina from spain to say that maybe actually people can be attracted to freedom it's just unfortunate that it takes years possibly decades of Essentially, socialist complete central planning control before they finally get there. I'd like to think we would get ahead of that. Just eh, I'm ready for it to happen. I gotta take a break. I'll be right back. Don't stop me now. Don't
0: stop me because I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Shooting style.
1: It's really kind of funny. I really feel like the only suspicious citizen out there uh, in the United States. Everybody is so sure their guy's the one that's going to deliver it all for them. Mike Rogers. Did you see? I've read a lot about Mike Rogers and he really seems like the real deal and he's released the J6 videos. I will say there is a lot of stuff in those J6 videos that really show you what a scam it was to call this some level of an insurrection and a lot of activity there that's very suspicious. It's great that Mike uh, Johnson actually released these. am I saying his name, right? I, I, the guy is just one of them. and he's got a he's got a kind of a regular name, you know, so i I do tend to forget it. I, I have placed such distrust and dismissal in this political class. I think it's Mike Johnson. Isn't it? anyway, That's good he released these tapes. Am I thinking that the United States is going to change materially from anything that Mike Johnson— is it Johnson or Rogers? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Johnson. Uh, Am I thinking anything is going to really radically change? No. And even with Melee, you know, I, I thought things might change some under Donald Trump. I did vote for him in 2016, much to many people's shock. I've turned on him because I don't trust politicians, and Donald Trump betrayed me. I think he betrayed everybody, but I'm just one of the few people willing to admit it. He made the Federal Reserve stronger. (laughs) He increased military budgets. He printed more money than anybody before him, and now Joe Biden's going to print more money than Donald Trump. That's the trend. Donald Trump didn't disrupt that trend. But, you know, Elon Musk is another one. (laughs) You know, I want to believe Elon Musk is on the right side of a lot of things. He's He's suing people. There was obviously a coordinated attack to take advertising off of his platform. And really, it's because I think he he has some sympathy for the Palestinians, much like I do. So I would say that, you know, we might agree on some things on the Israeli conflict right now. So that's that's great. I'm just suspicious of the guy that's making his money from a whole lot of government spending. You know, much like Javier Mille may be the champion that was created for the people rather than a grassroots thing. Time will tell. I'm open to going either way. Uh, Elon Musk is kind of another one of these. He, he seems to be a champion for free speech and these other kinds of things. But it, in the background, he's doing a whole lot of things that he needs government help to do. So I'm waiting to see. But it was just the reason I even bring it up. My Twitter account has been suspended again. It says, your account is suspended. And this is the interesting paragraph here. After careful review, we determined your account broke the X rules. Your account is permanently in read-only mode, which means you can't post, repost, or like content. You won't be able to create new accounts. If you think we got this wrong, you can submit an appeal. So my appeal was, the same it was the first time I got suspended from Twitter, I've never posted anything. <laughs> I have never posted put out a post on Twitter ever. And this is my second suspension, so I'm just wondering. And then I ran across this story. According to a new Pew report, a growing number of U.S. adults admit to regularly getting their news on TikTok. Quote, this, notes the report, is in contrast with many other social media sites where news consumption has either declined or stayed about the same in recent years. The Pew report states that since 2020, the percentage of U.S. adults who regularly get their news from TikTok, quote, has more than quadrupled from 3% three years ago to 14% in 2023. Today, add the authors of this sobering report, quote, 43% of TikTok users say they regularly get news on the site up from 33% who said the same in 2022. It says this story says it's... Uh, The app is currently used by 150 Americans. I got to tell you, people send me TikTok videos all the time, primarily news related, but some just goofy stuff. I've never downloaded the app. I don't want the app. It makes me nauseous. Is every link on there just like a minute long? See, I may not know enough about this to understand its value, but I do believe it's going to lead to some widespread attention deficit disorder. (laughs) I mean, maybe you can put long-form stuff. I mean, at least on Twitter, you can see a three-minute clip, a one-hour interview. They can post whatever they want, even even the brevity of the words. Now you can post long posts. I don't know if it's still constrained by characters or not. TikTok just feels—it it almost gives me a seizure when I look at it. People send me a clip, and I'll watch the stupid clip they send— <laughs> Nine times out of ten, it's something stupid or goofy, which is fine. I don't mind it. You know, if it it makes me laugh, that's great. But then immediately it loads another 30-second clip, and if I'm not fast enough to stop that one, it slams me with another 17-second clip. I mean, this thing feels like just a train wreck for the human mind. I know a lot of people say it's very interesting. Where did this? Are are we still trying to ban TikTok? Because the Chinese might take our information. Now, I am of the belief, I. I may agree with some people that China has done a brilliant thing here. They are destroying the American society through an addictive app. That's pretty genius, I got to say. I don't like it. I think TikTok's a blight on our society. I'm sure you can get some good information off of it. But for the reasons I'm stating now, the, the attention deficit disorder creation that is probably coming from this app being one thing. And the other thing is, you know, like all social media, the algorithms that constantly pump probably pretty destructive stuff into everybody's feeds. If this is what the Chinese are doing, I got to hand it to them. It's brilliant. I don't like it. It's it's devious. It's diabolical. But it's not a bomb. I mean, at least they're not just dropping bombs. We, we seem to be kind of like cavemen in, in the way we try to change nations. We drop bombs they have snuck in this wildly popular app. Popularity still eludes me, but it is wildly popular app and maybe destroying minds through through an app. It's, it's genius while uh, diabolical. Uh, you know, I wanted to get into some food stuff. Boy, I'm already running late on today's show. I might try to do it. See, I was going to do this because we got a big food holiday coming up tomorrow and I found something absolutely fascinating. I'm going to have to assess during the break if I can get to this and do it justice uh, in the time I have remaining, or we may switch gears and get into something else, because there is something going on right now, a trend in the United States, which essentially is making something an illness. The medical establishment creates what is normal human behavior and labels it an illness. And then, of course, what do they do for that? Anyone? Anyone? They prescribe a pill, and then this pill creates another problem, and then they, anyone, anyone, come out with another drug to address that problem. And then that new drug to address the problem from the first drug actually creates, anyone, anyone, more problems. And then when those other problems pop up from the second drug to mitigate the problems from the first drug... Do you know what they do for the problems from that second drug? They, anyone, anyone, they've got a new drug (laughs) to address the problems from the second drug that were uh, addressing the problems of the first drug. This is our medical model right now. And as much time as I'd spent explaining that, I don't think I'm going to have time to get to it today. I don't know. I'll take a look at it, take a break. We'll be right back. We'll see if I can flesh this out now or it may be on our next show. It's, It's, again... I hate to overuse a weird word like this in, a, in an episode of, of The Mike Madison Show, but it is, once again, diabolical. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison show 1039 WYAB. I'm not going to have time to do this justice. And and you know one of the reasons I had it on today's show about these drugs is because people are going to be getting together with friends and family tomorrow and I thought maybe if one person explained this to one of their loved ones during Thanksgiving, maybe we could save a life or at least save the health of some people. Let me just tell you right now. Uh, cuz I'm going to do this show I believe for next Wednesday. If you are on SSRIs or antidepressants, Or if you are on Ozembic, listen to next Wednesday's show. I'm going to kind of explain to you the game that's being played on you. And heaven forbid if you're on both, because that is the goal. It's actually the antidepressant to Ozembic to a new antidepressant pipeline that we're seeing uh, by virtue of something called food noise. Yeah, I think they're coming up with a new term Uh, for side effects of some of these drugs that is causing people tremendous, just really bad things with their health. Uh, I'll get to that next week. I don't have time to get into it, but I'm never going to miss an opportunity to bash the medical system. This was a congressional hearing, and you're going to hear some audio here from Thomas Massey. And I I, I apologize. This This is your federal government running a microphone system, running an audio system. The audio problem is not on my end. It is, of course, on the government's end. So I apologize for the bad video, I mean, bad audio, but hopefully you'll hear the message anyway. This is Thomas Massey talking to Dr. Robert McCullough, and I believe an LPN that had also come forward on some of the things about around the COVID vaccinations. Ernest Ramirez, 16-year-old son. Ernest, uh, yeah, I've met Ernest as well in Kentucky at a,
0: at a summit. His, his son died five days after receiving the Pfizer vaccine. And then he was contacted by FEMA, who said that they would pay for his son's burial if he
1: would claim that his son had died of COVID. It's disgusting. Do you hear that? This man's son dies. I think he was 16 years old. I've seen the man's story before. His, man, his son dies five days, 16 years old, dies five days after the Pfizer, uh, I believe it was the Pfizer after one of the COVID jabs, and FEMA says, hey, we'll pay for the funeral. We'll pay for the burial if you just tell everybody it was COVID. That's in congressional testimony. It's, this this is how sick and diabolical this system is. I said it again. I've got it stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm like a TikTok today. Uh <laughs> but speaking of just absolutely horrific things coming out of the medical community, nothing is worse than when me running across this from Canada. Now this, this video is not good for an audio setting like a radio show. So once again, I'm going to narrate. If you have not seen this thing, let me see. This is from, it's, it. they're labeling it as Toronto sick kids hospital. It's actually an advertisement. Now I, I'm, I don't know if that's actually the name. Uh, Toronto Sick Kids Hospital is, <laughs> they really, you know, I mean, I guess that tells you what it is. Uh, I don't know if that's actually the name, but this does appear to be a real ad. Uh, and I'll kind of narrate it for you as it goes along so you understand what they are pushing right now in Canada, probably coming soon to a hospital near you.
0: And if I'm being-
1: Okay, this is uh, this are some young kids, appear to be—I'm be, terrible with kids' ages now, now that mine are grown. I would say maybe 10 to 12 years old, uh, three boys running down an athletic track. They are competing. You know, they've got their school track uniforms on. And then one of the kids, appears to be about 11 years old, collapses to the side, side of the track, gasping on. for breath. Just looking— Oh, now they've gone to three kids going down the street on their bikes. They've got their helmets on, three cute kids, again, in the same age demographic, probably somewhere between 8 and 12 years old. little girl is gasping for breath here's another young black boy again appears to be maybe about 12 years old something like that his mom's comforting him while he he clutches his chest gasping for breath oh here's a good one this is a toddler a toddler running down the hall his dad's chasing him, just having good family fun, and then the kid collapses on the floor with big eyes, and he struggles to breathe. Now we've moved to the high school, where we've got, we're out on the front steps of the high school, and some kids are out there taking selfies and videos of themselves, just having a a good old-fashioned time with their high school buddies. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, oh, One of the guys grabs his chest and falls to the ground. Now we're going inside these young people's hearts with a medical procedure because what they are setting you up for here with this ad is this is completely normal. This is young people from toddlers to 8 years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, 17 years old. These are just kids having a routine day, doing the things that kids have done throughout time, playing with parents, running a race, goofing off with their friends, and suddenly one of them clutches their chest because they are having a heart attack. And Toronto Sick Kids Hospital, if this is actually the name of this thing, is normalizing this. And I will say it once again, and I will follow it up on next Wednesday's show by saying, if you are placing your faith in these institutions and trusting them with your children's health, I beg you, beg you to think differently. And understand you actually have to protect your child from many people in the medical establishment. Now there's, again, I'll say it because I know some of these people and I don't ever want to hurt somebody's feelings uh, that when it's unwarranted. There are some great, fantastic doctors. I told a story about one the other day that actually told somebody, hey, I can either put you on diabetes drugs for the rest of your life or you can do about 30 days of cleaning up your diet and let's see if we can fix this naturally. That's a doctor you want to cling to for dear life. But for a large percentage of the medical community, you actually have to protect your children from them, not use them to protect your child uh, from poor health outcomes. Uh, I'll finish this with Dr. McCullough as he just kind of sums a little bit of this up.
0: We're in a time of a great controversy. There's no doubt about it. The House of Medicines on, on fire. When doctors got on the wrong side of smoking, do you know doctors used to advertise cigarettes They used to smoke in the operating room? Do you know that? It took 40 years from the time we knew smoking was bad for the human body and caused cancer to the, to the tobacco side and doctors say, oh yeah, it's bad. 40 years. Ignaz Simmelweis in Vienna in 1500 proposed that we wash our hands and he had data to reduce infections in pregnant women. 15 years of writing books and, and, and giving seminars like this, what have you, and he died in an insane asylum. They said, this guy's nuts. We should never have to wash our hands.
1: Okay. Now, I, I will just throw an aside in there, because I think this is funny, and, and I may be guilty of this too. I may be the worst, worst spokesman for freedom and libertarianism that the radio has ever seen, because you know, I know I'm, I'm snide, I'm sarcastic, I'm confrontational. I probably drive some people away. Ron Paul is great. He's calm and mature, and, and he explains things well. Ron Paul has probably converted more people to the cause of freedom than anybody in all of modern history. He's good at it. I'm not great at it. This Semmelweis guy he just talks about, this guy was trying to tell doctors, hey, we need to start washing our hands. The bacteria from our hands and the germs is infecting our patients, and that's why they're getting these these infections, particularly with you know when you're delivering a child. Apparently the guy was such an obnoxious person, he, he was so disliked by his colleagues, they just refused to listen to him with that very, what we understand now, to be very, very basic advice. And I just found that was a little funny. Maybe it's because I, uh, I kind of uh, relate to it. The opioid pandemic's been going on for
0: two decades now. The house of medicine isn't what you think it is. And the way you take charge is you take charge using your common sense, doing what you're doing now. Anything that violates your common sense, anything that violates your principal moorings in life, challenge it. Someone tells you to do something tomorrow that just doesn't make sense, don't go along with it. You really have to stand up for your civil liberties.
1: Amen. Amen. That's Dr. McCullough. He is one of the OGs of the medical establishment. He's one of the good guys, and he is telling you like it is. The House of Medicine is on fire right now, and I'll flesh that out more next Wednesday. that's the longest tease I've ever done for a show. Listen next Wednesday. Uh, but anyway, that's Dr. McCullough. i got to take a quick break. I'll come back to close this show out on the day before Thanksgiving. Stick around. <laughs> got a couple of minutes left and I wanted to just address kind of Thanksgiving, the day we give thanks for stuff. You know, I'm, I'm always on the lookout. i told people, I've said it many times, hypocrisy is the probably the new national pastime. And maybe I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. I'm so down on social media, but I do use Twitter. And I look at it, but I don't post. I don't argue with people. I just use it for news. Where else can I go for news now? I'm not going to watch the networks. You can't even go to Drudge Report anymore. I'm not going into any right-leaning or left-leaning news outlets. So I'm left with Twitter with people posting uh, interesting articles and keeping me up to date on the world. Again, I don't post. I don't argue with people. I just use it. But maybe that's hypocritical. It is social media. But one of the things that I wanted to point out, and, and I'm going to drive this point home the day before Thanksgiving, is that we, we really do live in a beautiful world and with beautiful relationships with each other. And my point being, if we, we could have so much more time to enjoy those things if we ever threw the shackles of political leaders off of us, like what Argentina is trying to do right now. I'm going to give you a list of a few things that I've seen on Twitter, and this is notwithstanding the great relationships you have with your children And your parents and your siblings, Eh, sometimes not always so great, but you know what I mean. You've got friends and family to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. (laughs) I'm going to tell you some things I saw on Twitter. A moving truck with a platform lift on the back of it where the guys in the moving truck backed up to raise the uh, platform just a little bit to help an elderly woman get across a huge puddle to her car. There, There was a video of a dog who went and got one of his owner's shoes and just brings it to the couch to sleep with it while the owner is away. A shelter dog smiling and high-fiving the people in the shelter as he was getting adopted. There's even a video of a, of a squirrel that left a cookie on a ledge by the front door of a woman who feeds that squirrel. There was a sky-riding pilot that made a huge smiley face in the sky for no reason, and people just videoing this thing and just laughing and having a great time. You know, people rescuing a dog from a flood, pulling it into a, vo- uh, into a boat, and you can just imagine this thing was so happy. There's a cafe in South Korea where everything is painted real monochrome with outlines around everything, so it looks like you're in a storybook illustration. I even saw a house, and I'm not a golfer, but they opened the door to this big room like a man cave, and it has a full-size putting green surrounded by scenes of a golf course and then a virtual driving range on one side of it. And if that's your passion hobby, wouldn't it be great to have that in your home if the government didn't steal half your money every single year? And this goes on and on. We live in a beautiful world. We have very rich relationships in our lives. Really, it doesn't matter who you are. It's not all wine and roses. There's difficulties in life. But there's so much to be thankful for. Just unfortunately, it butts up against the message of this show, which is we could really enjoy those things that we are thankful for so much more if we got out of this political cesspool that we are in currently, in this country and around the world. Anyway, enjoy your friends and family. Don't let politics divide your family. Just enjoy the people who are there for you. Have a great one. I'll talk to you next week.
0: know this we school new, many the fuel. We, we fuel. rise to the top What you want